This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for February 19th, 2018. There's a battle within feminism going on right now. You might not have noticed it, but there is an often bitter dispute between second wave and third wave feminists, and they can't even agree on who counts as a woman. In this podcast, I talk about this to a veteran British feminist. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, what matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. The show that puts the story back into history. History is all about discovering the why. And I think that in that process, it's important to never take the story out of history. Making history come alive, one episode at a time. But this is a podcast on the American Revolution for this series and uh, all about a free country, so do whatever the hell you want. Visit themondayamerican.com to get more. Dive into the Monday American. Don't worry, we'll be gentle. On the line now from her home, I have Linda Bellos. Linda describes herself as a black African Nigerian Jewish Labour Party activist uh, since the 19, uh, 1960s, I think, a uh, feminist activist. Tell me um, about your career, your essentially your credentials as a feminist fighting for women's equality. Uh, what I would say is for the first Nearly 30 years of my life, I was not a feminist. Mm -hmm. I, I, I sort of acted as a feminist. I mean, I had a football team. My brother and his mates were in my team. I played cricket. I did all kinds of things that girls weren't supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't think of myself as a feminist. I thought myself as a human being who was capable of doing things, and I wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to let uh, gender, which I, a word I wouldn't have known at the time, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have let those things distract me doing what I wanted to do and was capable of doing. What was it that politicised you? Well, I went to university as a mature student when I was, I think, 28. And I came across, indeed, my male tutors made me read feminist texts. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was reading them, and it would be fair to say that the scales fell from my eyes. I, I, was by, I had been a Marxist for many, many years um, since my... Um, even before my teens, but uh, I had I'd understood class power. Uh, I had a class analysis, but what I didn't have was any kind of gender analysis. And I think that going to university and setting, sitting in the course I, uh, I did, politics and sociology, I did see for the first time the structure of, of race and class. Mm-hmm. Very much together. I mean, I'd experienced racism and, and, and fought against it, but I'm not sure I had a, any kind of analysis of the, of the dynamics of race or the history of race, like, and likewise women's oppression. You say the scales fell, fell from your eyes. How did your opinions change? Oh, I, I think it didn't take me more than about three months to become a lesbian. I didn't... Uh, very hard to, to, to describe what happened, but I did realise that I had fallen in love with a woman... And then that was where I had a sort of crisis because I had never thought of such a thing before. 
why hadn't I? So I started unpicking the kind of history of my how I've been socialised as a girl in, in, in this society. And, but my feelings were real. I mean, mm-hmm. they, weren't, they weren't, you know, they were fairly profound. And, um, and I, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I became a lesbian. Tell me, obviously you said that you had been a Marxist, as you put it, for a long time. How, when you added essentially being a lesbian and uh, becoming, as you put it, a feminist into that, how did your views change? Um, I, what I, I mean, my Marxism um, remained in the sense that I was a keen fan of Marx's Paris Manuscripts, the 1844 uh, it's a long essay, and it was a, one of those cases of the scale fell from my eyes. It wasn't published until 1957, so most of the most of the people who called themselves communists uh, wouldn't have read it. Uh, the Soviet Stalin and, and et al. banned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, I still think this is a, a profound piece of work. Um, so I remained a, 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 a Marxist, mm-hmm. not a communist, uh, and. I added an analysis. I used my Marxist critique to consider gender and sexuality mm-hmm. and realized that there was a system of power and that it could be undone. doesn't mean everyone was going to become, all women were becoming lesbians or any nonsense like that, but that there was power keeping a system in place for some men's benefit. Not all men benefited. I mean, I think most men benefit somewhat, but some men benefit big time by the oppression of women mm-hmm. and uh, and sexuality and sex as a role of, for example, rape to terrorise women. Became, it became to me more visible. I realised when I sort of unpicked how I had, as a child, as a girl child, been been sort of not just indoctrinated, but sort of inculcated with the with the, the fear and the threat of rape, which all of us experience. One of the things that that, uh, that um, homophobes uh, seek to do is threaten me and other women with rape. It's a, it's a tool. And I began to see it. So using my Marxist critique, seeing the tools of power, I applied that to gender and to race, particularly mm-hmm. to gender, and I could see similar parallels and so I had and remain having a politics which is more inclusive than some people's. Okay Um, I want to ask you about a particular incident. Um, You were invited and then uninvited to speak at Cambridge University. Um, Cambridge obviously one of the oldest and most famous and most prestigious universities uh, in the world in the UK. Um, do you want to give me the background to how, A, you were invited, and B, you were uninvited? Yes, well, um, I got an invitation, I think, oh, when one would be about September, mm-hmm. asking me to come and speak. And uh, in the meantime, I had become familiar with the, um, I can't exactly call it a debate, the mess that had been created around uh those of us who who were concerned about gender reassignment, mm-hmm. and I indicated that I would include my uh, comments on that nature because I, I didn't really want to hijack them. I mean, what was clear was that some students were being rather delicate about um, discourse, 
And I, I didn't want to shock them, but and I wasn't going to say anything shocking. But you know, when you can see the the reaction across the campuses of of, of the UK, um, that uh, one may not speak about about a critique of gender um, because it will hurt the, the the poor dears. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding um, rude, but I, I I'm just remembering as a mature student going to university. I remember being challenged. That's what what one gets to university for. Mm-hmm. But there you go. There you go. I should say it was the Beard Society in Cambridge that uh, that's a, yes. a student society and that I, invited you. And absolutely. And I and I and I needed to make it clear in advance, given their name, uh-huh. that I that I that I didn't want to come and hijack them. Um, for, for for those for those of us maybe for the um, listeners of a more naive disposition, what does the word beard mean to lesbians? Well, uh, to older lesbians, because lots of young women, I have to explain to young women some of the history. A beard would be somebody who um, who it covers for a gay man. So usually a lesbian who will go to a social event with a gay man as though he were wearing a beard. It's like she he. She plays the role of a heterosexual partner. A, a fake that's, girlfriend. That's a beard. Yes. It doesn't mean that these young women know that. You yes. They, they, could be, they could yes. be invited, perhaps, uh, 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 um, thinking that they're oh, going no, on a real date. No, 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 no. What I mean is, I'm not sure that the students at Cambridge University understood the history of the word beard. Ah, I see. And it might very well be that some of them were growing beards because they're taking um, hormones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I make no judgment. I'm merely describing what they were called and mm-hmm. what I know by the word within what they describe as the LGBTI community, but they don't include lesbians in that. If I sound a bit, if I sound a bit cross, it's because I am. Uh, okay, I, w- I want to get into that a little bit, and I don't want the whole thing to be dominated by that, but it, it, there is unquestionably a very deep and sometimes very bitter divide between what are called second generation and third generation uh, feminists. And there are other ways of of describing that. And I don't want to get bogged down in Mm. the vocabulary. But am I right in saying that the core difference is whether or not Trans women, that's to say someone who's born male and either socially or uh, medically uh, transitioned to being female, whether they should be accepted in feminist groups and be accepted fully as women? Uh, well, I, I won't um, join such a group. I'm not stopping anybody else to doing that. But uh, they're doing, some of them are doing more than that. They're stopping people like me, and there are a lot of us as feminists, as women, we're being barred and indeed even um, thrown out of the Labour Party. Uh-huh. But for holding a view that... Which, which view exactly? Let's hear the view. The, 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 the view that gender is a man-made construct. Like racism, mm-hmm. these are made up. And, I mean, the, if, you look, if you were to look at the fact sheet, the number of people who have transitioned or come out as um, transgender. Mm-hmm. It, it is only significantly over the last 10 years. What happened 50 years ago? What happened to the feelings? They, they didn't exist. This is new. And it may be new because it's, 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 it, it, 
very much anti-feminist. I mean, a feminist critique would look at the power between men and women. I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you there. I'm going to pause you there for a second, Linda, because I know that some people listening won't be fully au fait with this discourse. And I want to get the kind of the groundworks first. Feminists, second wave feminists who would include you and, um, you know, maybe very famous writers going back to the 70s and 80s like Germaine Greer uh, and so forth, said that there was something that essentially many of the things that were viewed as feminine were just made up by society and that if women wanted to be train drivers or engineers uh, then they could do that and Mm -hmm. that appears to have run into conflict with a view that somebody's gender is essentially in their head and that usually but not always matches the, gen- the, the sex organs that are in their pants and that, <laughs> and that there are some people who are born what most people would view as male, that's to say with male uh, sex organs in their pants, mm-hmm. who are in fact their gender is female and that that's something different about them that is real and essential and sure. the second the second wave feminists people like yourself mm. were saying hang on mm. a second no, that's just something that's made up by society anyway um, yes. and William what on earth are the characteristics of female what are they oh, oh you'd be way better able to, to answer that than me well I don't know that you, you, you just asserted that they say that the, 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 the pro trans people are talking about femaleness what are its characteristics? Mm-hmm. And why don't I have them? I mean, I have give, give, given birth to two children mm-hmm. uh, and had the, the, the awfulness of period for nearly bloody 50 years, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and I, I, I cook quite well. Um, I also fix cars and put up shelves and do all kinds of things that a human being might need to do. And mm-hmm. I don't know what femaleness is. Okay, well, well, let me, let me suggest it. And and I'm not suggesting for a moment that I, uh, that I, um, accept all of one side or the other of that debate. But just to, to Mm. put the, uh, the point to you, it is notable in countries that have unquestionably a very high degree of oppression of women, particularly Islamic countries. You might take Pakistan, Bangladesh, or Iran as examples. The degree to which women young women, students, want to go to university and study things like engineering is really remarkable. I think in Iran, something like 70% of all engineering students are female. Yes, the, and your point is what? My, my, let me get to it. The, mm. the, in the West, that proportion is much, much lower. And yes. it would appear that... In countries where young women are oppressed, and in most cases it's either their fathers or their brothers are suffering a consider, you know, in the home are suffering quite a lot of oppression. They're, they are, they will do anything to get out of the home, include, including, for example, going to university and studying engineering. But mm-hmm. in countries in the West, and you can take perhaps put Norway and Sweden at the top of the pinnacle of, uh, female liberation. It does appear that there's a pattern that when there aren't any external pressures, that women do seem to congregate, when they, for example, when they go to university, to prefer subjects that uh, are caring subjects. 
or that are proxies for caring <laughs> subjects. So, for, for, no. for example, no, for Don't example, and, and, I, well, well, for example, well, let's get rid. Let's get rid of all of those women who have made such scientific uh, discoveries. That we are alive today. Oh, absolutely not. Them. And I don't, oh, I don't, oh, oh, Linda, no, I don't minimise that for a minute. I don't minimise that for a minute. And of course, there are many honourable exceptions. But it is notable that uh, it's difficult to say that there's a lot of gender discrimination in universities where more, where where more than half the where more than half the students are female. And how many? Look, look at how many of the look at the pay of of, of professors and and teachers. I mean. Get real. No, 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 Linda, hold on for for the point. Hold for the point, Linda. Hold for the point. In in, in universities, there is huge gender disparities between departments. So maths, physics, engineering are hugely male. Biology, law, medicine are very substantially female. What's happening there? What's happening is, what I've seen, is a growing number of women getting into what are clearly male dominated and and male the the kind of questions that are being asked of students coming in i mm-hmm. i mean i'm hearing them are, are entirely um what is the word uh, I- I- irrelevant mm-hmm. but sexist by yep. the men who run the department a, a woman and a, one but, but linda slow down hold on slow down linda yeah. linda for for one minute a yeah. hundred years ago all of those departments were 100% male. How is yes. it that there's more sexism in physics, maths and engineering than there is in law, medicine and biology? I have no idea. You'll have to explain to me how men's brains work. No, but, but, but isn't it possible that girls are choosing those subjects? And it's notable that they there are... They might t- indeed. It, they might indeed. And it isn't compulsory. Sure. And, and I'm I, not I, going for, to for say me, my, my granddaughters that mm-hmm. they've got to become scientists or car mechanics, etc. I am not suggesting, though, personally, I think being able to fix a car and understand science is pretty important. And I learned rubbish, you know, it wasn't good quality stuff at my secondary school, mm-hmm. uh, but I did learn those things. But then I went to an all girls school. Okay. No wonder I learned it. What happens, what, what is happening in classes of mixed classes is that sometimes the boys are dominating and making it very difficult for many of the girls. And occasionally one or two will get through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And even in those classes, engineering, uh, physics, maths and so forth, there are still some females. It's not like there are yes, none. There are none. That's right. But look, look what, look what is happening, William, culturally. Mm-hmm. Certainly in Britain, the, 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 Propaganda has been about feminising women. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of things. I'm talking about current things, not just historic things, but current things. I've, I've seen lots of things go backwards for women. But there were lots of um, significant changes in the 1960s and 70s and early 80s. And, and lots of things I'm, see, I'm seeing, I'm observing the way that little girls are being treated mm-hmm. and, and the, lots of the culture of dolls some of the some of the um the, the toys right go to pick the you know toys for my grandchildren mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're in, in their teens now but you know over the last decade it has been harder to find neutral toys that will sim- are simply good they're much more sexist, sexist mm-hmm. much more I, I you know orientated and promoted to a kind of femininity and a masculinity. I think this is wrong. I think that children, our boys and girls, should have a range of opportunities 
unimpacted un- impi- uh, by, by gender. And some of the boys, probably maybe most of the boys, will do things that we will call, uh, we'll, we'll call uh, masculine. Mm-hmm. And some of the girls will do lots of things that are called feminine. It's the value that we put on them, not simply the, 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 the nature of them. When a person is being restricted, which is what happened for, you know, lots of men becoming nurses in mm-hmm. Britain. Uh, there were, and indeed there still are. These are cultural, and they ought to go. Let, let, me, let, me, let me ask a, about that. Let me nurse, ask about that, Linda. Um, yeah. I, I believe in equality of opportunity, and I think that anybody who wants to pursue any path they want should be given the opportunity to do that. And if they are suitable for that if they pass the test that everybody else has to pass or if they have the skill that anybody else has to have then they should uh, they should be allowed to do that and if and to hell with whether it's it's perceived to be male or female and or whether the person is 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 a boy or a girl or a man or a woman but at the end of the day if it turns out that girls and women seem without prompting to prefer some paths and men prefer the others isn't that just okay of course it is but what i bet but what you asked me before seemed to Mm -hmm. deduce some value out of that something absolutely not no well uh, you certainly implied that you could deduce from this this uh this array of choices Mm -hmm. that women were categorically in one band and males in another. We are actually talking about culture, aren't we? Well, well no, Linda, there's no question that there's a cultural input, but it's possible yes. there's a biological input as well. It could be part well, of it. There might be. Um, 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 what the heck is the point of that? Um, none, okay. actually. Okay, I, so, wait, what is, the point, is that the only point you could take is because there's a biological fact, therefore all women shall be barred, and it is no, uh, well, yes, and that has happened. Men. You're right, Linda. That, right you're right, Linda. That has happened in the past. Yes. Um, so, uh, so we could hold it lightly, couldn't we? That that's true. Some people, we could, some people have a preference for cooking, and some people don't have a preference for cooking. And you don't have to have a penis in order to determine those things. I, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100% on that. But what I am getting at is that on some occasions... Even when we take out all society pressure, all cultural pressure, it's entirely possible that when you take all of that away, there still will be some gendered preferences. There might be, but we ain't there yet, mate. Don't hold your breath. That's true. That's a fair point. And, and it, it, of course, it will never be possible to take them all away, so we will never know for sure. But yes. there's, there's and, good and reason to believe. Let's not waste our time. Let's not waste our breath. Let's not waste our, our, our creative thoughts on looking back on how things might be which will res- justify the restriction of other human beings. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. There should be, there should should be, be no restriction. At... But, but yes. can, I, can, I, can I make a point to you, Linda? A distinction has been drawn between equality of opportunity and equality of outcome. And if yes. there is equality of opportunity, or if to the extent that there is not equality of opportunity, that it's being ta- tackled and we're working to get rid of it, but even with an apparent equality of opportunity, we get a different outcome at the end. Should we be rigging the system to force the outcome to be 50-50? No, we shouldn't. 
under no circumstances. And consequently, some of the useless men who seem to pass mm-hmm. should be thrown out because yes. they don't reach the... Yes? So, I'm, no, I'm not in favour of skewing it one gender or another, one group or another. Either a person is competent or they're not. But don't make any of them, uncom- you know, incompetent mm-hmm. by undermining their, their, their drive, their, all of the things that actually do happen to real people, including disabled men. And, you know, run through a list of the people who don't fit quite to the, the selective category get, get, uh, get run, you know, criticized and they have to struggle more. Etc. I want an equal opportunity for every human being to be the best they can be. And it won't, thankfully, all be the same. That, that, that sounds very inspiring. And one thing, and you've given yourself away as a grandmother, so I hope you won't, uh, won't say that um, you probably remember uh, up to the 1970s in the UK, the 11 plus exam. Oh, I did. Had, I, did. I, I failed it. Oh, oh I con- failed congratulations. It. Congratulations. Yes, um, I, b- but the, the, and the, for the people who don't know this, this 11 plus exam was essentially designed to sort out whether uh, a, a kid finishing their primary school should be sent to a more academic school where they would perhaps be prepared for university or sent to a less academic school where they might be prepared for, uh, for a, uh, for a trade or Back whatever. Job. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was trying to be polite. Um, and up to the 1970s, there was set mm-hmm. a different pass grade for girls and for boys. boys. Uh, The the girls had to get a higher grade to pass because in in order to force a 50-50 outcome because Uh, at that age, at about 11... No, it wasn't even 50-50. There were more boys' grammar schools than there were girls' grammar schools. Okay. It wasn't 50-50. I I hope you remember it better than me. Um, But my my, my point is that girls, uh, that it was entirely possible that a boy and a girl getting the same grade, the boy would pass and the girl would fail. Um, And I think anybody today can, you know, can can recognise apart from all the other problems with the 11 plus, which I'll put aside, that that's a grossly unfair system. But it is the case that uh, young girls and young boys um, have different developmental curves. And that's why at that age, uh, that type of academic um, exam, uh, girls had a higher likelihood of passing or a higher likelihood of getting a a good grade than a boy. Isn't it likely that, Mm -hmm. for example, and we talk about um, the... Uh, the wage of people, for example, of stars in the BBC or of uh, yeah. people in FTSE um, 500, that's to say, pounds, yeah. Yeah, large, uh, large corporations in the UK. Mm-hmm. I- isn't it likely that there is something, and it's not necessarily positive, but that there's some, that, uh, that there's some characteristic of these very high performing, very hard competitive men that 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 is why they're getting there rather than, uh, and comparatively fewer women. I want to laugh. Uh, not in the world I live in. I mean, don't put me against any of them because I'll lick them. Despite the fact that I, I failed my 11 plus, etc. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I just don't, they, they rake the rules for them and theirs. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that's true. But the, the, the and I'm it's not, not a measure of their competence. It's a measure of their incompetence, or, or, or their lack of courage for the 
the words that they, spe- they, they, they spout about, you know, honour and justice, etc., they, 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 I'm not suggesting all of them, but mm-hmm. those people who, who play around with their school, their school and their class allegiances, they do this country no favours. But but you don't. You, um, we can perhaps look outside the UK. You don't look at, for example, Mark Zuckerberg and say that he made a, a multi-billion-dollar company because he was, uh, you, you know, no, he using had competence. Say again. He had competence. Yeah, he and there are many competence. people who have done that. But but and of those of those new the, very large. Women. But but slow down, Linda. Of those new very large uh, companies, the yeah. number of female founders who have made these multi-billion dollar companies is relatively small, isn't it? Yes, and so is the number of men. I mean, Th- that's the true. women are smaller. <laughs> the women are smaller than the men. Yes. But, but what's the point of it, what you're saying? I mean, what, what I'm going to, uh, if, if, accepting that argument, mm-hmm. I'm then going to commit to condemn all those men who didn't make it. No, not at all. And I'm not saying that there's any particular value. I, I, I guess the stock market puts a hell of a value on it, but I don't necessarily, I'm, not, I'm absolutely not saying that the, there is any you know, intrinsic human value in that or that people no, who, uh, who don't, I, I, who no, don't not, do that are in any way less worthwhile no, as human beings. A, but, but, but my point is that there does seem to be a difference in the interests or in the tactics or whatever that is gender-based. Oh, come off it. Look, some women don't want to do it. They have the competence. They choose not sure, to yeah, do I, it. Sure, I agree with that 100%. It's like pissing up the bloody wall. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that, that <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting not, that women I'm, don't I'm, have I'm the capability. I'm su- suggesting that... We don't want to do it. Yes, exactly. I, I remember the first day I went. Uh, and by the way, most men don't want to do it either. People uh, who, who I agree with you. I entirely agree with you. Many of them suffer as a consequence. Uh, and, and people who have. Can, can I give you one line that I read, which I really thought was startling? Um, was that Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, had what was mm. called a seven-hour turnaround. And what that meant was, from the time he went home in the night, not in the evening, when the time yes. he went home in the night but, to the time when he arrived back, back work, at work yes. in the morning was yes. seven yes. hours. He was seven yes. hours not on the job every day. Yes. And, yes. of course, uh, uh, most men will not put up with that, and almost no. all women most will women not put mean. up with that. Yes. But of yes. the tiny proportion of humanity that will that put up with this, most of them are men. I, I, that's yes. not, that doesn't say anything bad about any men or any women. But it does uh, speak I, to us something of a gender difference, doesn't it? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I used to have to do when I was leader of Lambeth Council, mm-hmm. which was that I, uh, I, we managed to pass a rule saying that meetings would end by 10. Whatever else happened, oh. there would have to be a vote. But it ten, wasn't 10 p.m., you're saying 10. here. Yes, 10, p- <laughs> 10 p.m. Uh, and I would be at my desk at 8 o'clock in the morning. Every morning. L- let me let me switch uh, topics here. Um, for people, who I, have... I don't have a penis. You understand this? I do. I I'm do aware not have of testicles. That. We've made and, that. We've made and, that clear already. Yes, and I could do it. I, I had the drive to do it. I had the opportunity to do it, and I had the need to do it. And if I needed to, as many women do, there are women who are up cooking, cleaning, washing, doing a full day's work, and that is equal to anything that a man does mm-hmm. in his, you know, 10 hours or, 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 or 14 hours of, of, of work, 
getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let now me, I'm getting angry. Can you hear? I, I, let's call it passion, Linda. Yes, passion indeed. I'm not really angry, but I am distra- distressed by the, 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 the invisibility of women's work and contribution because the, the, the Mark Zuckerbergs can't go to work or be at work for hours and hours and hours without coming back to some, you know, maybe a clean sheet, maybe mm-hmm. maybe some food, maybe somebody's washed his clothes. He's going to have to make arrangements for those things because somebody's got to do it. Let me let me switch a little bit here. Are you a turf? I love that expression. Ec- for people for people who don't for people for people who don't know what I'm it is, explain, sure. explain what it is. I, no, I'm not going to. It, it's a, it's. A, a, it's a, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a term of, a term of abuse is mm-hmm. a description of somebody who is not a transgender person, a uh-huh. woman. Yes, I, um, um, just, and, for, and just and let I, me fill in the listeners, uh, Linda, yeah. I, I, and I agree it's a term of uh, abuse in many cases. Um, T-E-R-F uh, stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist, and it yeah. is a term that has been applied to you, uh, I, uh, I know. Indeed it has, um, and I, I'll, I'll take it as the word nigger is applied to me as well. Uh, um, I, I can hear you feel strongly about that. Well, um, why shouldn't I? I've had 67 years in this bloody world. I have seen a lot. I have experienced a lot. I have felt a lot. I have. The reason I ask, the reason I ask, Linda, is because uh, I've been looking at some of the, um, some of the, uh, shall we say, discussion online uh, between uh, people like yourself, second wave feminists, and people uh, uh, who might be described as third wave feminists. And some of the vitriol would make your hair stand on end. Isn't that uh, terribly uh, upsetting? No, it's just dis- it's, it's it's disappointing. It's not upsetting. I mean, goodness me, I've <laughs> I dealt with worse personally. <laughs> um, I had uh, I had Ma- Margaret Thatcher and uh, Norman Tebbit personally attack me. I mean, verbally, of course. I don't mean physically. Uh, although that's but, a badge uh, of honour, either way. <laughs> um, no, it is. It, it, it's disappointing, but it. May- First of all, I'd have to say that this, I do not believe, looking at what I can see online, I don't believe that this is a symmetrical thing. And there are literally whole websites dedicated to just documenting an unbelievable amount of uh, online abuse against feminists, against uh, people like yourself. Um, There is, and as I say, it it does not seem to be symmetrical to me, but there do seem to be some... Uh, who, some feminists who are at least enjoying Responding. baiting or being rude to yeah. trans women. Uh, and, yeah, there are. I, I observe it too. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, I don't, it's not within my power to stop them. I hope that they will see that, that it isn't helpful. You, you're talking um, about feminists who are your allies. You want them not yes, to be abusive. Yes, yep. yes. Yes, I don't. I don't think that we should be abusive. I'm abusive of the ideas, but not the individuals, not the people. Okay. I'm disagreeing with the ideas. The people, I think, are wrong, and I don't think they would be persuaded of being that they're wrong by simply being angry and rude with them. Okay, um, Jermaine Greer, who would be, uh, I'm sure, somebody who you know very well, 
Um, no, I don't know her. Well, I know you know, you know of, of her, of I'm course, sure. Yes. And I think she shares essentially your position on uh, on trans women. Um, she, but that simply out of politeness, if somebody asked to be addressed with um, female pronouns, that she would do so. Would you share that position? She would do so. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, I mean it's the, this gender stuff is very distressing for both sides. Um, I don't like being angry with people. I'm more more likely to be angry with ideas. Mm -hmm. I have been hurt personally by a young person who claims to be a woman, 19 years old, has taken a post that women have fought for (laughs) to have, Mm -hmm. and has taken that post, um, and who has accused me of threatening violence, but what, what they've actually done or got hold of is a a cutting, when I, when I say cutting, I actually mean um, somebody has, what do you do when you, you, you um, edit, that's right, they've mm-hmm. edited words of my speech and cut it so that it appears to be me threatening violence towards a trans person or to trans people. They've, but what, what's interesting, because two versions I've seen, it, two copies of this I've seen over the, over the months, that they've had to put the word trans in, in, in um, what's the word, parenthesis, uh-huh. because I didn't say it. Yeah. They, they thought I said it, or something, mm-hmm. but I didn't say it, and they can't, they can't put it as part of speech because I didn't say it. I did threaten to defend myself if attacked. Mm-hmm. I did. And I will say so again, whether I'm verbally or physically attacked. And I tell you that as a young black woman, mm-hmm. back in the 1950s, I was taught by my father, as indeed was my younger brother, taught how to box. Because we needed to. We were staying here. We were born here. And By here you mean Britain? Yes. England in particular, mm-hmm. and I had, I, uh, I don't know when I acquired a, an approach to life which said that there are three things to do in these situations. You either, you run, you fight, or you talk your way out, and wisdom is knowing the right response. <laughs> One point that I thought, and I've been looking at um, perhaps uh, uh, some stuff online on the other side of that debate. And one point that I thought was relevant is that the type of right news outlets, everything from Fox News to Breitbart and everything in between, has almost made trans people into their uh, in, into their mascots of everything that's wrong with the world and are perhaps adopting... Uh, second wave feminists as allies against that. How do you I, feel? I, how do you feel b- about people like Fox News being uh, um, uh, adopting uh, people like you as an ally? Well, they won't be able to do it. I not. I, I don't even watch them. I can't do it. One because I cannot understand how on earth my television and other thing works. Because uh, of my age, or uh-huh. no, actually, because I'm a because I'm a luddite. Actually, that's <laughs> why um, I watch BBC television. Occasionally, I might be tempted to to watch a commercial ta- channel. Mm-hmm. I completely, I, and I'm sadly proud of it because 
I have enough to read with newspapers and radio to, than watching Fox News or anything to do with that man. So I'm rather biased. I, 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 I think we don't even have to have to specify yes, who, exactly. who that, that man, exactly. who no that man is. Yes, yes. I, I try to avoid the T word. Um, yes. um, finally, Linda, it's fantastic talking to you. Um, you said you have a granddaughter. Actually, uh, I've got two granddaughters and one grandson. How, how will your granddaughter's uh, lives be different to yours? Um, my youngest is going through some of the some of the pressures of the of gender stuff. My, I, I was invited by her mother, my daughter, to go and talk to her, which I did. And I think I clarified things for her to explain what's happening on this new trans stuff. And so um, I hope that she will come out of this with a growing sense of herself as a human being, as an equal human being, not a gendered person, not, not having to. She is Jewish. Um, she doesn't, I don't want her to have to, to, to have to, uh, as it were, announce that she's Jewish. She's part African. She doesn't look it. She looks like her other grandmother, um, with, uh, red hair mm-hmm. and, um, freckles and blue eyes, green, blue green eyes. Uh, but she's definitely my granddaughter. <laughs> and I want her to be a whole person, as indeed I want her brother, my young grandson, to be a whole person. And if that means that they're, you know, whatever, I, I, I want them to be, I want to, they're supposed to be the best they can be. Linda Bellos, veteran feminist, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure. Thank you. Have you read a blog post or an opinion piece that you think is really right or really wrong? Tell us why. Email podcast at challengingopinions.com and let's discuss it on the next show. That's all for the Challenging Opinions podcast, published on February 19th, 2018. You can find links for Linda's works, examples of the dispute between second and third wave feminists, and other sources for things we mentioned in the show notes on the website. And if you know someone else who I should interview, or a topic that I should be covering, please get in touch. I'm always interested to hear your feedback. If you like the podcast, one thing that you can do to help other people find it would be to go on iTunes, give the podcast a rating, and write a short review. There's a link on the website directly to the iTunes page, but you can recommend it to your friends as well in real life if you want to do that. Also, please like the show on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the show at ChallengingO and follow Linda Bellos at BellosLinda. And most importantly, subscribe to the show. It's free. You can use Google Play, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast app or software, or use the RSS link on the website. And if you don't use any of those, you can subscribe by email. Just put in your email address on the website and you'll get a free email with zero spam each time a new podcast goes up online. You can find all of that or get in touch with me at www.challengingopinions.com. Coming up next Monday, that's February 26th, I'll be talking to Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute. They're the people who say that climate change doesn't exist, or that it does exist and there's no reason to do anything about it, or there is a reason to do something about it, but not now, just later, or something. Listen in next week and see if you can work it out. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening.